Fiction and reality. New stories, new ideas. Little Beth Entertainment. Hey everybody, welcome to the Model Rocket Show at themodelrocketshow.com. I'm your host, The Rocket Noob, and in today's episode, we have Randy Bodeway of eRockets.biz, our show's sponsor, who we've wanted to have on for quite some time, and he's got a lot of stuff to talk about. I think you're really going to like this episode. The Model Rocket Show thanks RocketryForum.com for their support. This is El Corinth. That's my username, El Corinth, and I've been a member for seven years. The Rocketry Forum is a global community of rocketeers who openly discuss all aspects of hobby rocketry. If you have a question... Hop on and ask. There are hundreds of experts who can answer just about any rocketry question you have. Check them out today at rocketryforum.com. All right. No more wasting time. Let us get on to Randy Bodeway of eRockets.biz on the Model Rocket Show at themodelrocketshow.com in five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to the Model Rocket Show, a podcast that is all about low and mid-power model rockets. Like the ones you buy at hobby stores and fly in a park. And now, here is your host, Daniel the Rocket Noob. All right, everybody, welcome to the Model Rocket Show at themodelrocketshow.com. Our guest today is Randy Bodeway, owner of eRockets.biz, our beloved sponsor here at the Model Rocket Show, makers of Semrock Model Rockets member of the Right Stuff Rocketeers and former board member of the National Association of Rocketry. Welcome, Randy. How you doing? Hey, I'm doing awesome. Thanks, everybody, for listening. So how are you doing? Uh, I am doing quite well. Everybody's probably heard I uh, had a rough year in 2020, just like everybody else. But uh, I'm on the mend, and uh, things are looking up. Uh, everything at eRockets is coming along beautifully. We moved into a new building uh, back in October because we just were bulging at the seams in our old building. And uh, when the Dayton tornadoes came through, they took out and damaged uh, a lot of the buildings in our new area. So the entire neighborhood has been rebuilt. Uh, we were the first ones to move back in. And uh, we really lucked out. We've got a beautiful facility and lots of extra space. That's fantastic. Um, now, the story with the tornadoes, I remember at the time thinking that that is a real testament to uh, E-Rocket's customer service. Can you tell us what you had to do to stay in business during that period? Oh, my. Yeah, that was a while ago. That was uh, over uh, Memorial Day weekend of uh, 2019. And uh, I guess there were about seven different tornadoes that touched down in the neighborhood. And uh, the main tornado that went through town, that's the one that took out um, a lot of the buildings here in the neighborhood we moved into. Um, in fact, uh, they put a couple of skylights in the building right next door to us. And when it lifted the roof off, um, when that roof failed, that's when the skylights were created. Um, and that allowed depressurization of all five buildings right here in a row. So it was going to lift the roof off the building we're currently in, and it picked it up and dropped it right back down. Um, of course, totally destroying everything, the offices inside the building. So we were wow. fortunate enough that they were able to demo all of the offices. There actually one, two rooms actually remain, uh, but all the offices inside are gone. Uh, they stripped the place down to the bare bones and uh, finished the floor nicely and the ceiling nicely. And 
and painted the place and let us move in. You were you were still filling orders after those tornadoes, right? You were using flashlights well, and things. Was that sure? That- we were still in our other building. We hadn't really moved yet, and um, so we're in our other building, and we had no power, of course, for about two days. Uh, mm-hmm. So we were running off of anything that we could find to uh, run our printers and get our internet access up and running, and uh, we filled orders right through the whole thing and uh, had no problem. In fact, um, we had a guy come in at 3 a.m. and these tornadoes hit uh, between like 11.30 and 1 a.m. And our guy that came in at 3 a.m. didn't know what had happened, but got to work and there was no power. And uh, he calls me to get some help on, you know, getting himself uh, up and running. But uh, yeah, we were able to, to put all the orders together. Um, Now, what I didn't tell you is the last tornado that came through uh, was only a block north of where our building was. So when my guy came in at 3 a.m., the streets were just covered in green leaves that had been stripped off the trees and dropped down the ground. And then we got a little bit of debris from, we're not quite sure where, but a few pieces of debris from buildings that had been demolished. found its way under our property. And uh, a few days later, all the power was restored and we were golden again. What made you uh, get started in the rocketry business in the first place? Oh my, um, I was working for Meyer, the uh, super center uh, company. They're big in the supermarket uh, business. And I was there mm-hmm. 27 years and uh, I got downsized out of the corporate office in 2009. So my agreement with Meyer was I would not start a competing business um, at any point in time while I was employed with them. And so the day after I was downsized, I um, uh, founded E-Rockets. Um, in fact, we really didn't call it E-Rockets at the time. We were thinking about calling it Randy's Rockets, but um Within a few months, I discovered the E-Rockets name and that ended up sticking. You know, sometimes you got to see what sticks to the wall before you really uh, make it happen. And uh, being in the times I was at, you know, I had a severance, but, uh, you know, I still had a home to pay for and and two young kids in school. And uh, I wasn't really in a good position to start a business, but I did. I... Uh, took all the rocket kits that I had no plans on building. I was not really a collector, but I had enough stuff to, to start up on eBay and a web page. And I started that a day or two after I left Meyer. And uh, before you know it, uh, it had grown into you know, a halfway decent um, entity. And I ended up getting a job uh, down here in the Dayton area. And then that's what brought me to Dayton. Well, at that time, I moved the business into the basement of a friend's house, um, about a half hour south of Grand Rapids, Michigan. And uh, Bill Garrisey is the guy who ran the shipping and receiving. And uh, he was a um, a, um, a military vet. And uh, he would spend a few hours every day shipping product out and receiving anything that needed to be receiving received. And he did that in the basement, uh, the home he lived in. And uh, E-Rockets lived there for about 18 months, maybe two years. 
And uh, Bill decided that, hey, it was getting a little too much for him and he was ready to retire, you know, whenever I was ready. And uh, just about that time, um, I got downsized out of Avery Dennison, um, which is mm-hmm. a company I came down to Dayton to work for. And um, that was it. Uh, my wife and I talked and figured out that we only had to double sales in order for me to to do E-Rockets full-time. And we uh, proceeded to do that. We, we moved out of Bill's basement and found a very inexpensive building uh, over on Rip Rap Road here in Dayton. And uh, right across the road from the uh, facility was a gigantic soccer and softball complex. And uh, lo and behold, people were flying rockets there all the time. And my dog, Daisy, would uh, see people out in the field and she would, you know, you know, come get me and and we'd go take a business card and we'd go out and we'd meet meet people every few days, just launching rockets all on their own out in the park. And, Wait, so your uh, dog, your dog brought you business? <laughs> is, yeah. Is that right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. She she's always been um, uh, big at helping me out uh, when it comes to rocketry. Um, wow. At, uh, she even had a job at NARM 49 when I was the contest director um, at that particular event. And uh, I asked Daisy to pick the spot for the spot landing. And she selected <laughs> a spot and I said, Daisy, we cannot challenge these guys that much. You're going to have to pick a spot closer to the range. And so she walked <laughs> a few hundred feet closer to the range and then she picked a spot and I stuck the the flag there and I said, okay, that's it. That's going to be kind of tough on folks. But uh, so she's been cooperating uh, in the whole rocketry thing for a number of years. And uh, wow. And uh, so she uh, would bring me customers and we'd go meet new people all the time. And uh, it was a fantastic scenario. Right Stuff Rocketeers was also the club down here in the area. And uh of course, as soon as I arrived into town, I uh, started meeting with them and uh, you know became part of that group. And eventually, we opened up what we call a Tuesday night open house at E-Rockets. And we basically would set a few tables up and people would show up and build rockets. Well, we've been doing that, oh my, I can't even, I don't even know how long it's been, maybe more than five years now where every Tuesday night we bring people together uh, to build rockets and there's a lot of camaraderie. And uh, before COVID, uh, we would pack the building. I mean, we had 35 chairs in the building and usually all 35 chairs had butt suck stuck in them. And uh, <laughs> so it was a pretty popular event. And then of course, as soon as COVID hit, uh, we never skipped a beat. We immediately went to Zoom meetings and we get from, oh, 10, 15 to 20, maybe 25 people every Tuesday night still uh, will yeah. show up at the open house and show off what they're working on. And, of course, there's a lot, lot of rock for chat, which is pretty cool. That is cool. I've seen some of the videos from, well, the, pre, the pre-COVID era of uh, some of the video, the tours that you've done at E-Rockets for the build nights. And, oh, that's such a fun club. I would love to, you know go there and, and hang uh, out at a, on a build night. 
very fantastic opportunity um, to get over on a build night. And we've had people come from hundreds of miles away to come in on a Tuesday night and build rockets with yeah. us. Uh, so that's been a lot of fun. Um, the other thing we will do is is we do have a plan to start back up, but Ohio's still a little bit too much of a hot spot for the coronavirus. So yeah. uh, we're not there yet, but as soon as we are, we will be again meeting in person. Um, we did expand the amount of space we have in our new building. So we do have a few more tables set up than before, and um, it should be a good time when we get going again. Um, we will broadcast over Zoom um, the Tuesday night event. Now, it's really hard for us to hear when there's a lot of people uh, in the room and we're on Zoom. So we'll broadcast it. We may not interact very much, but the people that are yeah. on the, the broadcast can at least uh, see what's going on. And if people want to walk up to the camera and, and show off some of the things they're working on, they'll be able to do that. So yeah. we'll leave some of that technology in place. So those folks that are out of town uh, might be able to peek in at any point in time and see what's happening. Yeah, it is kind of nice to have that. Um, I mean, you know, uh, I would have loved to to go to Narcon this year. Uh, but what's really neat is with an, with something like a virtual event like that, a lot more people can experience it. Um, even once, you know, even once you, you get back to having people present, you know, for build nights and things, it's kind of a nice addition, I think, to have people be able to participate and check things out. And, you know, like I said, the, the Narcon this year, I mean, it, it was probably the best attended Narcon ever because you didn't have to leave home. You didn't have to get a hotel room. You know, you could sit there in your pajamas and, and watch the, uh, all the presentations. And so yeah, I sort I of think, think it's a fantastic opportunity for folks. Yeah, I think so. I'm, I'm so did I, did I may, maybe continued broadcast even after we are in an in-person uh, Narcon uh, would be something that would be really cool to do. Uh, you know, the NAR is up to those kind of things. I think we've got the expertise and the equipment and the funding and anything we need to make something like that happen. You know, talk to yeah. your NAR board members and, and say, hey, gang, we like this idea. We should do more of that. I think it's great. I think, you know, and it also helps with uh, with outreach and making, you know, you put stuff on YouTube and people fi find it and, they're you know, you broaden the the circle a little bit. And I know that every time... In past years, when I haven't been able to go to Narcon, uh, and sometimes when I've been curious about like the uh, FAI competitions, I always go to YouTube and see if anybody's uploaded. And sometimes you can find some pretty good video, and sometimes you know, sometimes you either don't find something or or the the quality's not that good. So it's nice to be able to check that stuff out, you know, even if you're not able to benefit from being there in person. And I think um, I think one of the benefits of this whole everybody doing everything over Zoom thing is I think it's going to sort of uh, make people more aware of the value of uh, that kind of distance. I almost said distance learning, but distance yeah. participation, you know, even when you, you can go participate, not everyone can make it. And I think it's, it's beneficial. That's so if, did I, did I understand this correctly that uh, E-Rocket started on eBay uh, yeah, our our first sale was on eBay, and uh, gee whiz, that was almost eleven years ago. So, was it your intention to start a, a model rocket business, or were you just selling some kits to make some extra money while you were 
because you've you'd lost a job or were you, were right. you actually no, it was my, intentionally it was my full intention because uh, I had really planned that sometime in my mid 60s I would start a small model rocket company that I could okay. retail you know I was in retail from my entire life and and I could retail some rockets and have a little part-time income and be retired and that was my plan well uh, that plan would have started about five years from now if I would have stuck to it, but uh, that didn't quite happen. So it wasn't, it wasn't, E-Rockets wasn't an accident. It wasn't like, oh, this seems to be doing all oh, right. It oh, no, I was waiting. Just early. And I really planned on retiring with Meyer, um, you know, my mid to late 60s. And uh, yeah. of course, the day after I would have retired from them, I would have started a small company. And like I say, e-tailing is a great gig for a retired person because if you keep the business small enough, you can work an hour or two a day and keep yourself busy and, uh, you know, make for a fun time. And it's yeah. all about having fun and enjoying what you're doing. And uh, I mean, I love it because I get to talk to people all the time about rocketry and I get to watch um, all the rocket events that are going on from ULA to SpaceX and, and any rocket launch I can go to, of course, I'm going. And, yeah. uh, so, so I love it. I, I am still in a position where it, after 10 years, um, where it's still fun. Um, and now, it seems I like... I don't get no, a chance to build as much, but I try to get to the launches and everything and and seeing my rocketry yeah. family is a pretty important thing every time I go someplace. Yeah, I think that's the thing with with people who run businesses in the rocketry community is they don't get to do their own rocketry quite as much as they'd like to. Um, but I mean, it's it's I guess another way of pursuing the hobby. And well, we need people like you who, to sell us the stuff that we, <laughs> you know, yeah. we need supplies, we need engines and motors and 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 parts and kits and things. And, and we're really fortunate here in Dayton. We've got uh, not only myself, but we've got Merlin Missiles here in town. And yeah. Merlin Missiles is our uh, motor vendor on site uh, for all launches. And uh, I, I work with him and and uh, I don't sell on the field. He sells, but he sells a lot of our stuff. And, uh, you know, I appreciate him being there. And every club needs a, a motor vendor. So... You know, if you need yeah. one, you know, start talking to people because best way to get one is somebody internally say, say, hey, this would be fun to run a small business. I'd be willing to put a, you know, $1,000 into investing in some motors and sell some motors at the field. And mm -hmm. uh, before you know it, you can have a good motor vendor uh, helping you out at your field. Yeah, we've got, we've got a, a, a relatively new vendor, motor vendor with our club. We lost our previous vendor because they, they moved out west. And um, yeah, so we have a nice, and it's it's nice to have that, you know, uh, especially if, you, if you're if you not really sure what you want to fly or maybe you don't want to have to pay hazmat and you want something a little more powerful. Um, and in the model know, rocket world, you don't always have every motor you want, um, especially yeah. when you get started. Um, now I carry a case with me that has uh, pretty much every Estes motor that they make in it. And mm -hmm. uh, most of the Quest motors, I, I'm, I'm building my collection there still, but uh, yeah. I am always willing to trade a motor with somebody that has the wrong motor. Um, yeah. And, you know, that's important. If you need a B66 and you have a B64 
and you know you're going to have a lousy flight without the B66, go looking for one because somebody will be willing to trade you um, yeah, a motor that's true. if you have to. Well, it seems to me, uh, as a person who's still relatively new to the hobby, that it's sort of going through a bit of a renaissance. So that must be nice for you. Um, oh, yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah. Actually, um, I have fun when I see some of the orders that we're filling. Um, because my favorite orders, we carry the largest selection in the world of rocket kits. But of course, we've right. got the largest selections in, of the, in the world of parts. Um, in fact, now when you walk in our front door, the first aisle you see is our body tube aisle. It's got the body tubes and the nose cones in it. And we've got about more than 3,000 SKUs just in that aisle. Wow. And, uh, it's pretty amazing to see all the different sizes of everything that is available. And at E-Rockets, we've got um, all the Semrock tubes from Micromax to anything that Centuri made in the day to the current Estes models. So if you have an accident and need to make a repair and you need a tube, um, we've got it. So you can go to eRockets.biz. Um, our webpage is a little tough to get around sometimes because we've got yeah. about 4,600 SKUs totally. And if you scroll down on the left-hand side is our menu uh, with different drop-down boxes so that you can kind of drill down to what you're looking for. And right. the area that's um, tough to deal with, but you want if you're, if you're making, buying parts and you're looking for something, uh, go down to the parts menu and click the little arrow that uh, brings another menu up that allows you to drill down further. And every time you see the little arrow on the right of the description, that means there's more sort capabilities. So let's say you've got a Big Bertha and your Big Bertha came in ballistic and you crunched the top four inches of the tube and you want to cut that off and put a coupler in there and a replacement piece of tube that's the right size, um, you'd go to our webpage and you'd go on that left-hand column and you'd find parts and you'd hit that down arrow. And then you'd find body tubes and then you'd hit that down arrow. And then if you know your BT-60 uh, or your Big Bertha has a BT-60 body tube, you find the BT-60 link, you hit that link. And then every body tube size in BT60 comes up. And mm -hmm. our inventory is live online. So if we've got it in stock, it'll tell you exactly how many we have. And a lot of tubes, we've got hundreds, if not a thousand or thousands. And same with the coupler. You can go down to the couplers and hit, hey, I want a coupler for a BT60. Um, you can hit that and it'll show you all the different couplers because there'll be three or four different couplers. And uh, it'll show you all of them, and then you can pick what you want and add it to the cart. Um, so that's an nice. easy way to get to things. And then the other thing is on the upper left-hand corner of our webpage is a search box. It's in the upper left, not the upper right, like most normal web pages. Uh, ours is a template that we buy, we bought from somebody, so we didn't have a choice as to where it was. But you can also put in that search box, say you need a replacement Big Bertha fin. You can always type in Big Bertha, and when the menu refreshes, it will allow you to see where the laser-cut Big Bertha replacement fins are. So nice. if 
anything has been popular in the past, we most likely have those fins already pre-laser cut for you. Everything in the building, everything we have on our web page uh, shows what the inventory is, and we actually have those in stock. And we don't make anything to order. Everything is pre-made and slotted in the building so that if you order a set of fins and a nose cone and a body tube and some decals and maybe a new rocket kit uh, from Semrock, and maybe you want the latest Estes rocket kit, you can order that too. And by the way, you might want an odd rock or uh, an ASP kit or a Rocketarium kit or something like that. And those are all available as well. And we'll ship it all in one order. And we try to ship everything the same or next day. And we can do that because everything is pre-made and organized in the building. So we can pick it immediately and get it shipped out immediately. So there's no making stuff when you go to place an order. Now, if there's ever a scenario where we don't have something in stock and we've got a few out of stocks right now because we're having a lot of trouble getting balsa wood. Um, But if you were to email me or call me or somehow get word to me that you would like a nose cone, a certain nose cone, um, I would put that up on the board for our production area. And within 24 hours, usually that part is made and added to inventory. You can just go buy it. School, same thing. Um, I want this size body tube and these nose cones, and I need 20 of each for my classroom, uh, but you've only got a few of each. No problem. Give us 24, 48 hours. Uh, We'll make what you need and have it available for you to purchase. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Be right back after this. The Model Rocket Show at themodelrocketshow.com is brought to you by our sponsor, eRockets.biz, your home for unique model rocket kits, as well as the world's largest selection of model rocket parts from SEMROCK. They've been in business since 2009, and eRockets doesn't just stock many of your favorite in-production kits. They also produce their own versions of popular out-of-production models. In business since 2009, eRockets doesn't just stock many of your favorite in-production kits. They also produce their own versions of popular out-of-production models many of you have come to enjoy over the years. Randy, what have you got for us over at eRockets? Oh, my. Hey, we've got a classic. Uh, Carl McLaughorn is the founder of Semrock, and he passed away a number of years ago. And one of his favorite kits was the Semrock Vega. It is a kit very similar to the Big Bertha that Estes puts out. And then, of course, the Big Betty that Quest has available. Um, And we've got it, the Semrock Vega. It's four fins and a nose cone. It's a big rocket like a Big Bertha. Um, But, of course, we've Americanized ours. So we're um, honoring Americans and specifically the Boy Scouts. And uh, Carl was a big supporter of the Boy Scouts. Um, so this has got a Vertilee on it that is very similar to the Boy Scouts uh, logo. And uh, it'd be a great kit for somebody starting out, especially if you're a Boy Scout. It's normally $19.99. We're going crazy here at E-Rockets. So we're going 20% off, $15.99. Um, it'll be available till the end of May. No coupons necessary. Just come to uh, eRockets.biz and uh, take advantage of the Vega at a special hot price just because we're on the Model Rocket Show. <laughs> All right. There are also plenty of other new and reissue Model Rocket kits to choose from. eRockets.biz has enough kits to keep you busy building rockets for a long time to come. 
So check out eRockets.biz today to learn more. eRockets.biz. If rocketry scares you, what should they do, Randy? Uh, get a train set. Get a train set. Hey, we'll send you a catalog if you really want it. <laughs> All right. Daniel loves your model rocket questions. If you have any, send them to noob at themodelrocketshow.com. That's N-0-0-B at themodelrocketshow.com. Now, back to Daniel. So uh, what can you tell us about SEMROCK, uh, which is your own line of model rockets? If somebody is new to the hobby and they haven't, they haven't heard of SEMROCK or they haven't built SEMROCK, what is SEMROCK and what sets it apart? Um, SEMROCK is a company that was uh, founded in North Carolina uh, way back in the early era of rocketry, and it went out of business pretty quickly. But as it got revived, it's got a huge selection of parts. And we're talking parts from old Centuri kits to Estes, the standard Estes parts today, to the old Estes parts of the past, um, to even some of our own Semrock parts, but more parts than you can even imagine. So if you are a scratch builder or somebody repairing a rocket, we've got anything that you might need to help you through that endeavor. And you have, you have, uh, some retro repro kits too, some, some classic Um, kits. Our, our kits are broken up into three basic categories, retro repro, which are old kits that were produced by Centuri or Estes or uh, MRI or anybody out there. And they're popular enough to be produced today. Uh, We are creating not exactly clones because we do Semrock guys, a lot of kits, Um, So they've been modernized. So instead of a rubber band, uh, we've got a piece of Kevlar and a piece of elastic. Um, Instead of die-cut fins or just a fin sheet that you would get a pattern and cut out, ours are all laser cut. Um, All of our tubes are perfect, uh, perfectly round, perfectly length. Um, All of our nose cones are, are exactly fitting to the tubes. Um, and you can go on and on from there. Um, just high quality parts to take care of any needs you might have. They're beautiful. They're, they are beautiful. I really like Semrock. I, I, I have a, a bunch of Semrock on the build pile and, you know, I, I bought a lot of, I bought a lot of Estes stuff when it was on sale. And so I have a lot of Estes stuff that I built and I thought I, at one point I got to the, this point where I was like, you know what, I've never built a Semrock and you, you know, you guys are one of the sponsors of my podcast. I need to do it. So it was just a joy to build. And I think the first one I built was a retro repro. It was probably the Cherokee D and just loved it. Just loved it. And I've yeah, got a few more on the build pile. It's, it's awesome that, you know, some of those older style kits are available. And with the modern twists that we add to them um, and soon adding more 3D printing um, and more detail uh, will come with 3D printing, um, that's Mm -hmm. all a a big benefit. Um, We will also, every year I try to have our our engineer take and not only create a new kit um, for us or a retro repro kit, but also take an old kit that needs to be re-engineered 
And we've re-engineered a number of kits over the years. Um, the orbital transport is quite popular. Um, that has been re-engineered to um, basically all the parts snap together. And uh, that way the alignment is perfect when you put your fillets on and glue all those parts together. Um, they're all aligned perfectly. Um, the gyrock um, is kind of a difficult kit to build and fly. Well, we've taken the difficulty out of the build because we've notched out all the parts. When you glue them together, they're perfectly lined up. Um, it's just fantastic to see the latest technology there. We also have a problem sometimes where we make it too perfect. Um, and our mm. little Sabre Parasite Glider um, is one of those examples where, you know what, we're actually hoping that you don't put the wings on too perfectly because if you put them on perfectly and that rocket takes off for the first time gliding away from you, it won't turn. Um, if you make <laughs> any, um, I don't want to call it mistakes, but if if any of those fins were on crooked just a little bit, it would allow that glider to turn around in a big circle and you won't have to chase it so far. Well, <laughs> we got to be careful because some of our jigs, you put everything together perfectly. Um, and if you don't follow the directions to make one imperfect, you could find yourself chasing your glider a long way. Semrock is struggling a little bit. Um, you'll notice that we have got a lot of kits that are out of stock right now. And there is a serious balsa wood shortage in the marketplace, and it is impacting us negatively uh, pretty badly at this point in time. Um, mm -hmm. I have this rolling rack that we keep in the production area. And in the past, I would go out and I'd write about a $1,000 order to come in from a company and they would send us raw balsa wood to put on our rack so that we could start cutting parts. And then we keep that rack pretty full so that we have good choices uh, to cut things from. Um, it cost me about a thousand dollars to keep the raw material on that rack full. So we yeah. keep quite a bit in stock so that we can be in production. And in the past, we have been down to zero nose cones being out of stock, zero fins being out of stock, zero kits being out of stock. And that has been our normal for many, many years. Well, when the coronavirus hit, uh, the balsa wood shortage went from really bad to extremely bad. And yeah. we actually, uh, the country has run out of balsa wood sheets as well as balsa wood um, pieces that we could make nose cones out of. And, you know, nose cones has been the toughest part, but boy, as soon as sheets started to become short supply, um, it became a real crisis for us because a lot of the Semrock kits, we can't go and substitute something like basswood, for example, right. um, for balsa wood fins, because then it would make the rocket too heavy and we would have to take the lowest motor off the recommendation list. And typically, there's a lot of models out there where there's only one or two motors you can even use. Um, because you got to remember, a lot of the retro repros that we've done, you know, where we've uh, duplicated something from Centauri or Estes from the old days, in mm -hmm. the beginning of rocketry, 18-millimeter motors were pretty much the only motor that was available 
and a far majority of the kits were made with were made with A, B, and C eighteen millimeter motors. And of course, we're reproducing those kits exactly as they were forty or fifty years ago, and they had eighteen millimeter motors. Well, if we change materials, like if our nose cones end up weighing twice as much as what they did in the past, and the fins weigh twice as much as they uh, did in the past, um, an A83 is not going to lift that rocket anymore. Right. You might be stuck with a B64 at minimum, and maybe not even that because of the added weight. So it is not an easy task for us to switch materials from balsa wood. So that creates a huge dilemma. And um, another example of this would be the larger nose cones. Um, We have an SLS Arcus that we sell, uh, a Pro Arcus, which uses a 29 millimeter motor. And it is one of the largest nose cones that we produce. And we have not been able to make a single nose cone for that kit this year. Yeah, the last yeah. 12 months, because we have not gotten a single piece of balsa wood in that we could cut a large cone out of like that. Um, so that tells you the shortage has gotten extremely serious. Yeah. Now, there's not a lot we're going to be able to do about sheet balsa, but there is a product called Falona wood. And Falona wood is grown in China and India. And uh, all the Estes kits contain Falona wood. It's not balsa wood that they have in their in their kits. It is slightly denser, um, little heavier balsa wood fin or like balsa wood type fin. And it works great on the Estes kits. Um, we would like to use more of that um, as long as the weighting is, doesn't become an issue. So if it's lightweight Falona wood, um, we'll use it. And uh, if you've been in Hobby Lobby any time recently, um, you'll notice that even though they label it uh, balsa wood, it's actually Falona wood. Um, and that's what Hobby Lobby has brought in from China in order to... Mm-hmm combat their out-of-stock in that area. Um, It's easy wood to mistaken as uh, balsa wood, and it can sometimes be a little bit lighter. Uh, But if you go up to a rack in in, uh, Hobby Lobby today, you can pull out a sheet, and you can tell that, hey, this isn't really good balsa. It's uh, really heavy balsa, probably. But that's not the case. It's Falona wood. The other thing they do with Falona wood is they butt it all together. And so all the four inch pieces, for example, might have two or three pieces of wood that have been shaved down to the right thickness and then all glued together. Kind of like uh, a piece of plywood would be uh, all pieced together in order to get um, all, all the solid grains and everything in the right place. So same type of thing is going on there. So be real careful when you buy balsa wood if you're doing any of your own uh, fin cutting. Um, but a lot of people today like to like the lasered scenario where every fin is perfectly identical. And mm-hmm. uh, we've got hundreds of fin patterns that are already pre-cut um, and available for sale uh, immediately. Um, and you can see what our inventory is, like I said earlier, and 
and order away and we'll ship it uh, same or next day. Another thing that has happened with Semrock over the years is we used to have 130 different kits in our lineup. And now we're down to about 40. And what we have done is um, we're trying to streamline our business a little more. So we're trying to do more volume um, with single kits. And what had been happening in the past is a lot of kits were uh, cannibalizing each other. Mm -hmm. And uh, probably the perfect example in the Semrock line is we would take annually and review the line as to, you know, what do we carry? Why do we carry it? You know, what class is every rocket in? And there's about 15 classes that we break our rockets down into. And frankly, three fins and a nose cone is one of those classes. Well, Mm -hmm. at one time, we had about 40 kits that were three fins and a nose cone. And when we looked at the volume that those kits were producing, um, not a single kit was producing enough volume for us to justify even making the kit. Right. And in some cases, we might only be selling 10 or 12 of a kit a year and that is not that does not warrant us even making that kit quite frankly um if we want to we make very small batches of stuff and and we like to make 50 kits at a time sometimes we make 30 sometimes we make 100 depending on what it is but we want to be able to take advantage of you know the more kits we build at one time um the less labor and time we have in making parts, because once you start cutting a body tube to the right size, you might as well cut a hundred of them. Cause you're only going to be there for maybe a half hour, 45 minutes doing all that work. And you're done with a hundred of them. And yeah. if you have to reset the equipment up and do 10 at a time, well, gee whiz in the amount of time I could do a hundred tubes, I, I might only be able to make 30 if I have to switch the, equipment around to make different sizes. Um, so there is a value in producing in larger quantities. Um, we don't produce in huge quantities, but we produce enough to, to make it worth our while and keep that pricing down because we are, the rocketry community has done a great job over the years, keeping costs down and passing those savings along to the customers. It's really a pretty cheap hobby to get into yeah. And you won't find um, the type of parts and all the work that we do to make some of those parts, you won't find that in other industries at even half the price that, that uh, I mean, twice the price of what we are producing a lot of our stuff. And the whole industry is that way. So for Rocketeers, that's a big benefit. And I have to uh, say, uh, having having put together some Semrock kits, I'm, I'm always very impressed with the quality of the parts. Um, Good. I, you know, I, one of the things I really like is, you know, when I first started, uh, I, you know, I bought some bought some balls. I'm relatively new to the hobby, so most of the nose cones I've used have been plastic. Um, when I bought some, uh, you know, balsa nose cones before, one of the things that I always fa- found was they didn't the diameter didn't quite match the diameter of the body tube. They would always hang over a little bit. And so I thought, well, maybe I don't really like balsa nose cones because they're, they don't match, but that's not really the case with Semrock. They, they're, they're really nice. They really match nicely. 
And uh, the ones I built, they're just beautiful, beautiful little pieces of work. Uh, and I, that, that's one of the things that I, I, I really love about Semrock kits. The tubes are great. The, the, the nose cones are great. Um, yeah. Nose cones are pretty tough um, on us because um, we're very aware of the quality. And every nose cone that we make gets fit on a tube before it passes our inspection. So as mm. soon as it comes off the lathe, and we do cut the nose cones one at a time, uh, as soon as it comes off the lathe, it is immediately put in a body tube. And if it fits perfectly in the body tube, it moves on. If it doesn't fit perfectly in the body tube, we go back to that equipment and we make whatever adjustment is necessary. And then that to, or that uh, nose cone gets scrapped or recycled. We, we recycle as much as we absolutely can. Um, in a lot of cases, a nose cone will just get recycled down into a smaller nose cone. Yeah. And um, so we test every nose cone before it leaves the building. Um, we're inspecting fins. Every set of fin before it uh, leaves, leaves the production area is looked at, uh, reviewed, uh, put in a plastic bag if it's appropriate and uh, sent off to the shelf to be stored until it's ready to be picked. Um, every tube, uh, we make sure it is measured correctly. And we are auditing ourselves constantly in the tube area. And if we have a problem or a mistake, uh, that tube gets cut down to another size. Um, say we're a little short. And uh, it is possible on a tube, and in a lot of cases, sixteenth uh, of an inch doesn't make that much difference, but um, we're trying to be very accurate on our tubes. Uh, we do measure them down to the hundredth of an inch, and uh, we are pretty good at making sure it is cut to that uh, specification. But once in a while, a tube will run a little short. We, we've had a little trouble with equipment where the blade wanders just a little bit. And all of a sudden, the tube is cut just a little bit too short or a little bit too long. Um, but we're working on that. I mean, we may be doing some retooling here in the future uh, that'll allow us to be more accurate there. I and mean, we're always looking at our equipment and saying, trying to figure out how to do things better. And um, as we've looked at this balsa wood shortage that's going on, um, I can tell you right now, I know the future. Uh, to solve this balsa wood shortage is going to be 3D printing. And yeah. um, Matt Steele uh, from uh, North Coast Rocketry, I know he talked about uh, uh, on the Rocketry show uh, recently about how the quality of 3D printing and how the design, how important that is. And he's, he's right on the money. Um, he's right yeah. on the mark. It definitely is an art to make uh, 3D printed nose nose cones and other parts. Now, we have a Prusa printer. It's a beautiful printer. We've had it for, oh my, um, at least two years now. Um, it almost runs 24 hours a day, but not quite right now. Um, but there have been times where it has. And we first came out with our, our first parts were uh, 3D printed couplers that screw together. So those are very unique in the marketplace. I don't know of anyone else that has anything like that. Um, it's complex enough where the average Joe doesn't go out there and draw them and, and print them themselves. Uh, but we have 
3D printed screw together couplers so that you can glue both sides onto a body tube. And then you can take your rocket apart, transport it to the field, and then put your rocket together by screwing the coupler pieces together. And there you go, you have your long rocket back and it can be flown um, again and again, no problem. Um, we've got those And that's pretty couplers. neat because you can, you can pack it in a much smaller box on the way to the field too. Yeah, it's interesting because one of the guys just for kicks made a nine foot tall rocket and he put it in his 18 inch range box, takes <laughs> it all apart, puts it in his range box, carries it to the field, puts it all back together. It's like nine feet tall. And uh, you can't do that with any other technology in the amount of time that it takes to put it back together because, you know, in 15 seconds, you can have the whole thing totally screwed up. And, um, you know, by the time you put six or eight of those together in order to get a rocket that long, um, that's pretty cool technology. Yeah. And um, it's got a place for you to tie your shock cord to. So when you do glue that into your tube. You've got a good shock cord mount that's uh, very hefty and very easy to, uh, uh, to put together. And, um, and then we expand from there. Um, we've started doing tail cones. Um, our Pro Series Arcus has a 3D printed tail cone. Now we don't have a 3D printed nose cone yet, um, so we don't have any of those available, but uh, that's coming. Um, I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah, we've got about um, 800 different balsa parts today, from couplers to transitions to nose cones. And I envision that in the next few years, all 800 parts will also be available in 3D printed. And if half of our customers go to 3D printed products rather than true balsa, um, that might help us alleviate the shortage and get things back in stock. Um, yeah. Of course, the volume will be less. And eventually, I, I don't know if pricing of nose cones will push people away from uh, balsa wood totally in the future. I mean, it's possible. Uh, there'll be a few people that say, hey, I want balsa wood because the kid I built 60 years ago was made of balsa wood and I want it to be identical. Um, we'll probably still have it available uh, for that reason. Uh, but if we can control the inventory and have only one or two pieces in stock um, and it's more expensive and there's less turns there, less volume there, uh, that's okay with us as long as we can sell everybody everything else they need. Do you have a favorite Semrock kit? Um, yes. The Mars Lander by far is my favorite kit. Um, probably the mini, the micro Mars Lander is my second favorite kit. Um, yeah. It's just one of those old classic kits that uh, no one should be without. Um, in fact, I will take a picture and we'll post it on on the uh, webpage um, of my Mars lander. Um, in my new building, I had a vision that I wanted a black wall painted behind mm -hmm. my desk. And I bought a large uh, Mars mural. Um, and I've got it up on the black wall. And my Mars lander is actually coming in for a landing on Mars. 
Um, so I'll post a picture um, of that. I'll send that over to you folks and we'll get it posted out there on the uh, Model Rocket Yeah, we'll show, put that up. Uh, in the, we'll put that in the show notes in the, on the modelrocketshow.com. Yeah. And uh, I think that'll be fun to see that. Um, and I'll include a few other pictures of our, our facility with some of our other rocket kits as well. I think it'll be fun for uh, folks to be able to kind of see what we're all about. Of course, if you're ever in the Dayton, Ohio area, um, we're always open and we love having visitors. Um, so come on in and see us. Uh, we are about a mile and a half from the Air Force Museum. And we're on the same main road in front of the Air Force Museum. So you basically take a left turn out of the Air Force Museum and a mile and a half later, you'll see us on the left. And oh, uh, we always love having visitors. So please make that part of your trip if you ever come to Dayton, Ohio. What, what brand of glue do you use, Randy? Um, I use E-Bond. Have you ever heard e of it? Yeah. No. E yep. Go Google it. Uh, what, Go Google it. Is, right it, a, is, it a, is it a wood glue or what is it? It is the best wood glue in the world. Okay. It's the best wood glue. Okay, you heard it here. E-Bond. The best e wood glue in the world a after best type on two. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> nope. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> All right. I will we, check out Ebond, Randy. Yeah. Just just Google <laughs> Ebond. And uh, yeah, it's a really, really good glue. It, you can't go wrong. Uh, how do you spell it? Is it just E B O N D? E, little E B O N D. E-Rockets, e well, you know what? I found it right here on E-Rockets.biz. E-Bond, yes, aliphatic resin, model rocket glue. So you can oh, get your E-Bond, the best wood glue in the world, at E-Rockets.biz. That's right. Randy Bodeway. <laughs> Randy, thanks a lot for stopping in. <laughs> thank, thank you for sharing your, your, your uh, wood glue tips with us. I'm sure we all need wood glue tips. Uh, and uh, yeah, it was great talking to you. Thanks a lot, Randy. Everybody, everybody go out and fly a rocket now. All right, All right. Randy. Thanks a lot. You bet. Take care. All right. Thanks a lot to my guest, Randy Bodeway of eRockets.biz. Thanks for being on the show. Thank you for sponsoring the show. Thanks to RocketReform.com for sponsoring the show. Uh, it's been a fun episode of The Model Rocket Show at TheModelRocketShow.com. You can find show notes at TheModelRocketShow.com. And we'll have another episode coming up in a couple of weeks. Uh, it's going to be an exciting one. We're going to have a guest host. And yeah, I'll just uh, that's all I'll say. All right, we'll catch you next time. This show is brought to you by the support of our sponsors and listeners. If you wish to support the show for just a few dollars a month, please become a patron by visiting patreon.com slash the rocketry show. Don't forget to check out our sister show, therocketryshow.com, a program that is all about advanced and high-power rocketry. The views and opinions expressed on these programs are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect those of Little Beth Entertainment or its sponsors.